Hi, this is Kyle Blakely, and you're listening to COS 23, The Mayor's Race. Well, it's time for our last episode. The runoff is over. Yimmy Mobilade is the new mayor of Colorado Springs, mayor-elect. He won with about 57% of the vote, it looks like. A pretty wide margin, maybe not uh, unexpected for Yimmy to win, but I think we were all a little surprised by the margin, so I'm anxious to jump into the conversation with my guests today. Joining me again, as they did after the first round, it's Brianna Gent from the Gazette, John Hazelhurst, former Colorado Springs City Council member and local journalist, and Mark Waller, former member of the Colorado State Legislature and former county commissioner here in El Paso County. So let's just jump right into the conversation. Bree, John, and Mark, thanks for being here with me again today. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Happy to be here. I know we talked at the end of the first round to get all four of us back together after the runoff. And I think based on like yesterday's results, I think we've probably got a lot to talk about today <laughs> because uh, pretty... Wait, side- something happened yesterday? <laughs> True. Pretty major shift for Colorado Springs and with Yemi... Uh, winning, looking like he's going to have 57% of the vote to Wayne's 43%, maybe even a little wider than that when it's all said and done. But again, maybe not a surprising outcome, but a gap of 15%, I think pretty surprising. So I'm anxious to jump in and get you guys thoughts on this. Bree, what's your take? You did a lot of coverage on this race, a lot of really good coverage, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, I don't think it was too surprising. Um, you know, we've gotten to a point where I feel like people were ready to see some change in the mayor's office. And Yemi really ran his campaign on that, promising to be the change um, to the status quo in the mayor's office. Um, and that that's kind of something you even see in presidential elections. I've spoken with local politicos who have said that, um, you know, even if you're, uh, overall satisfied with how the leadership is going, um, after about eight years, people kind of want to see something different in that office. So, uh, I think that that really helped him and he had broad appeal to a lot of voters. Um, and I think that really helped him out. So I wasn't too surprised yesterday, uh, but I, I don't think I would have been surprised either way. Yeah, true. True. John? Well, I must say I was really surprised. I thought that Yamey could pull it out, but that, and I thought these polls are ridiculous. I mean, they can't, Yamey cannot be that far ahead. This is Colorado Springs. Um, and when I saw those results, I was flabbergasted. My spouse was like absolutely delighted. She's a vast fan of Yamie's, but I was like, well, I endorsed Yamie, but come on, this is ridiculous. Well, there's five points of the gap right there. Your endorsement probably helped get <laughs> bringing all those crosses. Get him over, voters. get him over yeah. the top there. Yeah. Um, I think that my endorsement probably influenced only one vote, my own. <laughs> Well, maybe your wife's. Maybe. No, she was for Yamie to begin with. <laughs> Long before John, so. Exactly. But I do think that it's it really gives Yamie a mandate, but I'm not sure what that mandate is. And I'm not sure that Yamie even understands what the mandate is. What we want is for everything to be reimagined and fun and cool and exciting. And we also want the kind of daily competence that John Southers has exhibited for eight years. So it's kind of an impossible deal. You're, he is 
has vowed to make changes and make us like more cool and more this and more that. But, you know, he didn't much talk about potholes and things of this nature, but those are, th are concerning. And I will, if we got together a year from now, I bet we'd say, oh my God, poor Yamy, what's he going to do about the potholes? What's he going to do about the streets this? And what's he going to do about that? Yep. I, maybe we should get back together a year from now. That would actually probably be pretty interesting. Mark, what about you? What's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, make no mistake. Uh, Yemi earned this, right? He had a great team in place. He worked his tail off. They walked 40,000 doors. I think that's a huge factor in this. I mean, his campaign team deserves a huge shout out. Nikki is campaign manager, Jamie Fabos, Anthony Carlson. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. They ran a tremendous campaign. But I think this thing comes down to one single moment in time. Literally, the reason that we're here talking today is because of a moment in time back in October of this year. And that's when that annexation ordinance, that water conservation ordinance came up that put members of the HBA uh, in a fierce fight against each other. Uh, I had many conversations with the people that supported uh, the anti-Wayne effort in the first round. And they said to me, you know, Mark, if John Southers had just answered my phone call, just talked to me, you know, treated me with a little bit of respect, hadn't ignored me uh, at the expense of one single developer, if John Southers had just talked to me, we would probably be in an entirely different circumstance than we are right now. If they hadn't pushed that annexation ordinance through and just shoved it through, and that's what happened. I mean, it gets introduced one week and it's before the utilities board the next week. Come on. Um, there ended up being, and we haven't talked about the money yet. We've just talked about changing demographics and, and uh, how voters are voting now. But you put this election in perspective. There were $400,000 spent stripping the bark off of Wayne in the first round. And that certainly carried over here. Yeah. And that happened because John Southers wanted to get that annexation ordinance done on his watch. You know, and people ask, well, why is that? Why, you know, why is that such a big deal for him? Mike, you can tie it right back to where he's working now. Brownstein, Farber, Hyatt, and Shrek wrote the annexation ordinance for Norwood. So Norwood's attorney. And then it was announced a couple of weeks ago, I think no coincidence at all, that John Southers is going to be a managing partner at that law firm. So while I think there are some changing demographics, I certainly think that Yemi's team deserves a tremendous amount of credit. But I think that what ended up being probably $1.2 million getting put into a race against Wayne Williams, where 500,000 had been the max before, that's what caused this election to turn the way it did. And I think that uh, that all of the signs need to point to it. John Southers is responsible for this 100 percent. Yeah. See, I started looking at this last night and I having worked on campaigns for 25 years. The first thing I start digging into or trying to dig into is the numbers. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, OK, so Wayne last night was at 42 and a half percent. That's almost identical to the runoff percent that Richard Scorman got in 2011. And we always used that as kind of the litmus test 
of how high a liberal or moderate person could get in Colorado Springs. And since then, we have seen some shifts. Polis got some higher percentages. Things went up from there. So I kind of look at it as three pro those three prongs that you're talking about. I'm calling them 5% each. 5% the shifting demographics in Colorado Springs. And if that's all there was going on, I don't think Yimmy wins. But you add in the, the Southers forcing the issue on the annexation, I think that's five points. And then I think the quality of the campaign that Yimmy ran is five points. I, I just, I, you know, they maybe more, maybe more than that because they did run a hell of a campaign. But I don't think any one of those things gets you that full 15 gap. But I think you can apply it to all three of them. And that's why. I, so I think when, you know, I even saw it made the national news yesterday evening that, you know, here's a, a sea change or a major shift in Colorado Springs politics. I don't know if I'm going that far, that it's always going to be at this level. I think Yimmy's campaign had a big part to do with it. I think that water annexation had a big part. But I do think you're seeing this community moderate be a lot more moderate uh, than it has been in the past. Well, and, and I think that's true. Um, and what, Yimmy won by 15 points. And maybe that sort of makes up for, you know, those those three groups of five points that you're talking about. But that that gives the assumption that they started off on equal ground. And that should not have been the case in this race at all. Wayne Williams should have started off way ahead of Yemi Mobilati. I mean, he had uh, all of the support. He had all of the money. He had um, he was the heir apparent name to this, you know, and in a community that is still presumably Republican, he starts off with an advantage over Yemi. Now, of course, all of those things that you talk about, Kyle, had to happen, right? Like Yemi had to run a great campaign. Um, but again, I, I think that none of this gets to where it is without that one singular event in time. And it's just um, that if, if that hadn't happened, this, you know, the whole development community unites behind Wayne. Yeah. And instead of spending each side of that, spending a million bucks beating each other up, that's, you know, maybe $2 million that's led on target against Yemi. And yeah. that never happened. And, and Yemi didn't take any shots until round two. And by then, and by the time actually Wayne got enough money to get going in round two, it was too late. Yeah. Well, there are some other, but there are some other ways to look at this. And first, it's not, this is not unprecedented um, to have a moderate person elected, elected mayor. I know because I was on the receiving side <laughs> of that when Mary Lou Makepeace became the city's first woman mayor. And I think her campaign and, manager had a lot to do with that. So, Well, was, yeah, of kidding. course. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but I think the point is that it's a long time ago clearly, but that was a very moderate city, city council, even trending toward liberal and a moderate mayor. And I tried to position myself as a conservative, which I'm, you know, Mark will, will tell you that I'm a cynical fake for having, having done so. And of course, he would be right. <laughs> and the voters <laughs> caught on. But the other thing about Yamey is that he marshaled this army of supporters I mean, I don't care how much money you have. If you don't have people running the campaign who understand that you can't, that you have to knock on doors, that you have to act as if you're probably going to lose. And, but 
be confident and go for it. And that's what Yamey and his campaign did. Yeah. And, you know, that was the same way with Mary Lou, as somebody told me, said, 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 <laughs> said, John, you had a few dozen people who thought you were pretty great, but Mary Lou had a thousand whom she knew, whom she'd worked with and who went out and worked. Yeah. And that, that actually was the case. She had a pretty loyal following of, of friends and supporters from her time on council and everything. I think the difference, the, the, the reason this is more interesting to me, I think, and although Mary Lou got over 50% that first time she ran, you only needed a plurality. Back exactly. Then. Now you've got the runoff and you've got to get over 50%. And that's why I think this is even a little more surprising to people because again, now, I mean, John Souther's popular, you know, his, the two times he ran, it was just his popularity that overall you, but like when Richard ran and they positioned him as a liberal that hurt. I, and, and again, they, they tried to do that in this one thinking that that might help. Obviously it didn't, didn't help at all this time. So I do think there's some change there in, in how this goes, but you're right. Colorado Springs, our city council and mayor before strong mayor, um, a lot of times had some pretty moderate to liberal members. And so, um, yeah, maybe it's not as surprising as we think. I also think it's the, you know, it's the arrogance of being able to pick an heir apparent and assuming that, you know, hey, my popularity is going to get uh, my protege across the line. There's some arrogance in that as well. I think that that's a, a big problem. And I think there's also, you know, Yemi's campaign transcended partisan lines. True. I mean, if you think about the endorsements he got, yep. you know, Bill Elder is one of the most conservative people in this community. And Elder came out for Yemi. Um, and and I don't think Sally Clark would have, you know, would have done it on her own had Bill Elder not come yeah. out for Yemi. And so you end up with two pretty conservative people uh, that have credibility still within the party in El Paso County coming out for the guy that people are saying is a socialist. Well, and I think he had a lot of support in the business community. I'm guessing he had a lot of support in the faith community, mm -hmm. yeah, which, which you absolutely. always assume is going to whoever's the most conservative of the candidates. But Yimmy's got, you know, really great connections in the faith community with CSS, COS, I love you and mm -hmm. a hundred churches yeah. coming together. And yeah, so his, he did. He really pulled together and, an interesting coalition. And his time at First Pres. Yeah. You know, you have to... Um, and so he certainly transcended boundaries and he has, he knows so many people and he also is, you know, I hate to use words like this, his, you know, his, his ability to transcend an ordinary person, his extraordinary, the extraordinary force of his personality, but it's there, it's real. Um, the only person who had that kind of impact on me that I ever met in my life was Jack Kennedy when he was running for president in Durango in 1960. Well, you're giving Yemi uh, something to live up to here. Is he going to be able to make that standard? You know, he, he never will Jack have Kennedy? to because I'm he's kidding. not a native-born American. <laughs> but um, I would bet on him 
uh, being the being the governor of Colorado. Interesting. Oh, no. I'd bet on him being a senator from Colorado, and whether he decides to run on as a Republican or a Democrat, he'll probably win. He's very charismatic, absolutely. And to expand on your points, Mark and John, um, he also had this ability to make people really feel like they were heard, um, which you said people were feeling like that wasn't the case under Souther's administration. Um, and I think that helped him a lot. Uh, I've spoken with people who have said, I consider myself a conservative Republican, um, but I can get behind Yemi because he can bridge people together. He he can unify people and he is unaffiliated, which appealed, I think, to a lot of people. Um, last night, a lot of people were saying he's the people's mayor. He's the people's mayor. Um, so which is what we just did yes. not have. And I'm sorry to interrupt. you. No, go yeah. right ahead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, they uh, they just really like that. He is kind of a, he's not affiliated with with any party. Um, and that's not something we've seen in the mayor's office um, for something like 45 years, um, you know, so that was a big advantage, I think, that that played to his win last night. Yeah. So what uh, what do you think it looks like for him starting out? I mean, do you think will you see things like the water annexation come back up? I know council's got to be the one to to probably bring that forward. But do you think there's going to be some shifts like that? Or do you think that stays where it is and he just he moves on with some of his other initiatives and things he wants to do. That is up to Yamey. And Yamey is, as you say, Bree, charismatic, but charisma often does not give specific answers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Yamey is in great shape because he has made no significant concrete promises. He has just promised to, we're going to, have, it's the new era, I will represent everybody, I will think of everybody, so forth and so on. Well, it's gonna, now it's, he's got to translate this into actual to actions and into doing things. And I don't know, Yamie's career has been, he, he flits goes from one thing to another. He stays in a year and a half, two years, three years. He's doing lots of things simultaneously. This is going to demand all of his attention. And let's not forget that he has three little kids, which um, demand a lot of attention. So, True. True. Yeah. Here's what I, I, I think he's got to do initially. You know, if, if Wayne had won, this would be John Souther's 2.0, right? Uh, same staff, no changes. It would just be business as usual for the city of Colorado Springs, which is what people don't want. They want to move on from that. So for Yemi, it's going to be wholesale change. And the first thing he needs to do is focus on putting a staff together that is going to be the right staff that's going to give him credibility and enable him to lead this city moving forward. Picking those staff members is absolutely crucial right now. Everybody is watching that. Everybody's paying attention to that. And if he makes a mistake there, that's where it's going to go south. But I think he can establish some credibility yeah, by bringing uh, Sally Clark on or somebody like that uh, and get some more credibility with more right-leaning people that are worried that he's going to move us in a, a left direction. But he also needs to bring people on board that have credibility, know how to run government, and are going to be effective at doing that. And once he does that and puts that team together, then he can focus on annexation ordinances and things of that nature. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking that it it is going to be really dependent on his chief of staff. Do they understand how the city government runs? Um, you know, from an operations standpoint, to free him up to do kind of the be the leader. I mean, really set the vision and be the leader and and get that the stuff done that he wants to. And so I'm I'm anxious to see who he hires and, and who he brings on. I've heard no rumors. If they have a short list, which I've heard there there's a list, I have not heard any names that might be possible for uh, chief of staff at this point. So, yeah. well, what I'd really like to see him do is put a transition team together, um, bring some people in temporarily that are going to help him put the staff together. That's going to be the permanent full-time staff. I think that would be a, a great thing for him to do. Yeah. My guess is that he's going to take a path that we wouldn't necessarily think of because we think of, oh, well, Sally Clark could maybe be chief of staff or blah, blah, blah. Suppose you're thinking nationally yeah. and you think, yeah. okay, let's find someone who serves as chief of staff in a good-sized Midwestern or Western city. Let's find you know, people who want to participate in what is yeah. a, a really shattering experience. I mean, Colorado Springs is one of the most conservative cities in the country. And suddenly you have a nonpartisan black mayor, a man of extraordinary talent. And I would think a lot of people would be saying, oh, this could be really interesting. So I think there's going to be a, a nationwide recruiting push. That will be interesting to see. Uh, I, I think it would be very interesting to see if something came out of a, a nationwide search like that. And I so. think to some degree that that's a good thing, but I, I'd really like him to see him pick some community members that know and understand the community and have been here, you know, know where the traps are, know where the bodies are buried and, and kind of know how to navigate, you know, our little political environment. But, but you've heard it here first. Um, here, here, here's, here's the bold prediction I'm going to make right now. Sally Clark is not going to be the chief of staff. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Well, Sally would not want the job. I wouldn't be surprised if she's involved in some way though, but not chief of staff. Oh, I totally mm -hmm. think she's going to be involved, but just not in that role. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. Any other rumors on the beat? No, I, I haven't, I haven't heard I'm curious too. I'm I'm waiting to see what happens. I'm waiting on pins and needles. I had that um, same sort of uh, gut feeling that Sally would be involved somehow. Um, I thought I thought maybe chief of staff, but um, I think I think definitely somehow. I spent a, a few hours with them on the campaign trail a few weeks ago. Um, Sally was with us. They have a good working relationship, a good rapport. Um, she has a lot of that institutional knowledge that um, I think is really beneficial for Yemi, and he's learned from her, he said. So uh, it, it will be interesting when, when all of that goes down. You know, and by the way, I think she's, if she does get some sort of position in this, she's earned it. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure it, it's a hard thing to do to you know, be a Republican and, and a, a pretty conservative Republican, I, I think we could say about Sally. But it's a hard thing to do to be the Republican and say, you know what, I'm going to step away from my party and I'm going to endorse the non-Republican in this race. I mean, that, that could cost her her political career down the road, make it a lot harder for her to get elected uh, to a partisan 
political office. And so I, I think she's earned whatever role she ends up with in the administration. Well, I think one thing for sure, she brings some knowledge and experience at the federal level mm -hmm. that Yimmy probably doesn't have. That's, and so just in that narrow area right there, I think she could bring a lot to the table. Well, she would, she could be given a new, you create new positions. Sally could be called senior policy advisor, right. yeah. something like sure. that. Yeah. That didn't, that wasn't like have to come to work every day and supervise a staff of hundreds, but more like, here's, I think the way we ought to be doing this. Yeah. Well, and let's not forget her, you know, 20 plus years of experience in local government as well, whether Absolutely. it be as a county commissioner yes. or as a city council member. I mean, she's got a lot to offer. That's for sure. Yeah. I do think one thing that uh, has happened over the last few months is I, I do think Souther's office has opened the lines of communications to both Wayne and Yimmy, not knowing who would get elected around what's going on at the city and transition help, because it's not like the presidential election where you've got three months to mm -hmm. for your transition team. He's got three weeks. He gets sworn in on June 6th and the budget's due by July 1st, his budget recommendations. So I'm sure they've, they've probably already been some work on those things, some discussion about those things, but this is, there's not a huge transition period here. No. And I, I got to tell you, I've, I've heard about some of those discussions and Kyle, it's uh, some of what's been said in that arena has been incredibly disturbing. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it and I'll, I'll relay the story, take it for what it's worth. I wasn't there. Um, but you know, Yemi's been meeting with John to, you know, talk about possible transitions and, and things of that nature. And John in classic John fashion Southers, Classic Southern's fashion says, you know, Yemi, I get that Bill Elder endorsed you. I get that um, uh, you're using that. I don't know what you've promised him. It's probably, uh, you know, chief of police or something like that. But you should certainly reconsider that because, you know, Bill Elder's got all these enemies over in the police department. And I thought, man, what a low blow to be taken at a moment like this. Come on. Yeah. Well, why, why do those kinds of things? Why say that kind of stuff? I don't, I don't think Bill Elder has any desire to be the chief of police or be in the police department in any respect. And just to have the outgoing mayor and to have that sort of arrogance there to feel qualified or to feel entitled to say that to somebody, the new incoming mayor is just in my, my opinion, it's inappropriate. Yeah. Well, John always pretty much says what he thinks, appropriate or not. And now that his um, time is winding down or is, has wound down, um, I think that he's more inclined to, to speak and say exactly what he thinks. And I don't think he does it out of malice. He just thinks this is, this is the way I think, take it or leave it. Oh, you and I can disagree on that or agree to disagree on that. I think no, there's no. malice involved a lot of times, John. Well, I think that malice is unfortunately a part of being an elected official because you know that there are people who bear, who bear no ill will and you know there are people who bear a lot of ill will. And so you have to navigate. And um, I can't imagine how Southerns must feel, you know, going from 
the ruler of his domain to being a sort of, I don't know, a leftover in a big law firm. Well, it, you know, John, this is a major loss for him. Yes. This is a tremendous loss, not just for political legacy, because his heir apparent didn't win this election, but this also could be a loss in terms of future employment moving forward. I mean, one of the things that has not been talked about, which fascinates me, um, that I think should have been talked about a little bit more in this is, you know, there was an announcement a few weeks ago as to where John's going to go work, uh, Brownstein, right. Farber, Hyde, and Shrek, right? Or yeah, Brownstein, Hyde, Farber, and Shrek. Uh, he's going he's gonna to go work for that law firm. It's no secret that that law firm has gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from the city of Colorado Springs for the entire time that John has been uh, the mayor. And, and I think that it's not a hard connection to draw to say, geez, part of the reason that they made him a managing partner is because they still intend to get a tremendous amount of that work. And that was based on the assumption, Brownstein had a big fundraiser for Wayne, that's based on the assumption that Wayne Williams is going to win this election. Well, now that Wayne hasn't won, part of moving on isn't just moving on from the staff that actually work for the city, but it's also moving on from institutions like that. And so now what does Brownstein do now that, that you know, the, the kind of they're, they're bringing Southers on to keep all of this Colorado Springs business. And now that they're going to lose that, do they have a need to keep the guy? So he well, might also lose out, you know, not just on legacy as a result of this loss, but also on income. Well, on the other hand, remember that um, I think one thing that attracted people to Yamey is that he's not a score settler and he's not a person who says, okay, I'm going to take care of these people. You know, he will probably sit down, be nice to them, um, review, review carefully what they do, how much they cost, but not in a got to get rid of them because they supported, they supported Wayne. I don't think he's that kind of person. And I think that is what attracted people so much because you know that if if the position was reversed and it were Wayne coming in, you know that law firm would be dismissed on day one. Yeah, no, and and, <clears throat> and I don't I don't think it's a score to settle, right? But I think as you're the incoming mayor, you, you want to be especially as you're trying to remove <clears throat> yourself from the old institution. As you're saying, I'm going to be the change. It would be, in my opinion, absolutely ludicrous to keep the old administration on in some way, anyway, um, whether that be as a, you know, some sort of private contractor working for the law firm that you employ or, or whatever. I mean, I, I think is if Yemi truly wants to move on, he, he can't be he's, paying the old mayor in some way. But so he's going to, he's oh, going to have to do it. He's going to have to do it slowly, methodically and openly. You can't just come on and say, sure. you know, draw, take them all into a room and say, you're fired, every last one of you. Can you just, each each of you tell me your name so I'll remember that I'm firing you? <laughs> no, which so, is why they need a transition team. Well, and so when you're talking about overhauling the administration or making big changes, are you talking about like at department heads or kind of in the core mayor's office, chief of staff? Because like city clerk, I think she does a great job. Sure. I, you know, sure. I, I don't think, you know, the, that a lot of the department head kind of things would need to change. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Okay. Um, I, I don't think that you definitely, you, you need to move on from those. I mean, I certainly, when I took over as a chair of board of county commissioners, um, you know, we didn't have some sort of wholesale change in staff, 
But I think that there are those staff members and there are those uh, entities um, that have John Souther's signature on them. Yeah. I mean, certainly chief of staff, Jeff Green, that's John Souther's guy. It would be just, it would be the biggest mistake in the world for Yemi to keep that closeness of staff on. I'm not talking about department heads. I'm not talking about, you know, people that are in the administration. I don't even think it's about exacting scores. Not at all. It's about getting the people in there that you know, trust and, and people that you know are going to share your vision and help you execute your vision. Not the old guy's vision, but yours. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What, uh, I, I don't know. What do you think? What's next for Wayne? Do you think? <laughs> well, that is an interesting one. <clears throat> and of course, Wayne and Holly have been basically, I guess you would call it Williams elections, you know, com or Williams election and company. And so, you know, they're, you know, the family is going to have to live on Holly's salary as they have been for quite a while, because of course, you know, that 6,250 bucks a year that city council gets isn't too good. So I don't know. I mean, Wayne is close to retirement age and he has a long resume and there are probably jobs out there that he might be able to get. But on the other hand, um, it is kind of damaging to lose a campaign, especially one so visible, and to lose it so badly. And so I don't know what I'd do if I were Wayne. I'd just sort of sit at home and lick my wounds and, you know, hope that that people had short memories. Yeah. Yeah, he, he told uh, our reporters last night that he's not really sure what he's going to do next. They hadn't really thought about that too much, um, but uh, he might pick up his former career in law or serve the city in some other capacity. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, he said he'll be taking down his signs and, and we'll see what happens next. But interesting. Very interesting. How old is Jimmy? I don't even know. Hmm? Uh, I was at his 40th birthday party, maybe three years ago, probably 43, okay. 44, early forties. Yeah. Yeah. So eight years, if he serves eight years here, you're right, John, early speculation, he could, Obviously, there's other options for him down the road. Well, there are. There are. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he didn't go after um, the Senate or governor. Yeah. Because once you you have that kind of victory, um, as, as you and I well know, getting elected to something, you go, is the old saying in the um, in England in the British Navy is that every subaltern carries a field marshal's badge in his knapsack. Does, can, for those of us that aren't that smart, can you explain <laughs> that comment, please? It means that we all have we we all have ambitions, and our ambitions, depending on what we or rank we start with, whether in the navy or an elected official, we all imagine that we're going to go all the way. Interesting. And so when I think that people that I know pretty well 
John Hickenlooper, Michael Bennett. Um, Michael, I knew him when he was a kid. I went to college with his dad. <laughs> and, yeah. and John, you know, we did business together, stuff like that, before he was mayor of Denver, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm thinking, why them and not me? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is always because they're smarter and they're better and they're more fortunate. <laughs> nice. nice. Anything we haven't talked about that you think we should be talking about relative to this? Where does this take us moving forward? What does it look like? Is Does this kind of money come into these races all the time now? Um, is there going to be some sort of permanent answer to Colorado Springs forward? I mean, you know, we're not too far away from the next uh, city council elections, and there could be up to five new city council members. Um, and is is this election going to be some sort of bellwether to determine where we go moving forward? You know, if you're tuned into politics and this is something uh, that you pay attention to and you're tuned into how our community moves forward, I think it's a question that that people should already be starting to think about. No, I, I think you're right. I When you look at the money that went into this race, Colorado Springs Forward put almost a half a million dollars into Wayne's campaign. But you, you also had in this race new money. Yeah. Um, and new money is always interesting when it comes into these political races. And you had not just a little bit of new money, which is usually the way it goes, but you had probably, I don't know, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 million dollars of new money that came into this. Um, the, the old guard has kind of banked on the fact that it was their money that yeah. did stuff before. And now there's this, I don't want to call it a rival faction, but another interested group that's in this. And so those kinds of folks are going to have to either figure out how to get together or, you know, risk more um, opportunities for people like Yemi to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could only, I agree with you. And I think Mark, you and I should both run because look, 6,250 a year, plus you get some expenses. Hey, add that to social security. I'm doing okay. You, you know what? <laughs> How about this? Instead of we both run, cause I don't live in the city of Colorado Springs as most people out there know. Um, but how about this? You run, I'll be your campaign manager. Um, how much money can you raise and how much of that can I keep without actually spending? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll do another podcast about it. So. <laughs> um, I'll promise to keep it in cash, all in $100 bills with non-consecutive serial numbers. Actually, John, you <laughs> brought up already a point. the story. <laughs> I, think something, I think something to start talking about again at some point in time is pay for counsel. As big as this city has gotten, and with, uh, again, the money that's coming into these races and everything, um, increasing pay for council, I think, opens the doors for other people to be able to run, and which personally, I think, is a good thing. So I would love to see us start to pay council members. I would like some, a reasonable yeah. amount of money. And if something like that does pass, can we have in there... Um, a pension plan retroactive for council members who were first elected in 91. I think the NFL did that for old football mm -hmm. players. So maybe there's a precedent there that 
Well, yeah, and I mean, think of the employees. think of the mental and physical damage well, say, that yeah. we who served <laughs> willingly, um, it, you know, incurred. You know, it was almost. It's probably less, almost less painful for it to be an unpaid position than a six thousand two hundred and fifty dollars well, position. No, the, 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 you know, po- politics <laughs> politics is every bit the contact sport that the NFL is. So true, without a doubt, you know, there's you need to yeah. be some sort of compensation. I mean, for you could you can tell from Mark and from me the result the cte that results (laughs) from well i've always said the reason i liked working on political campaigns was it's the closest thing to competitive sports i've found since my body won't let me do that anymore so yeah it's because you know you find out on election day if you won or you lost it's not a there's nothing ambiguous about it you know where you stand I know. (laughs) (laughs) Only too well. (laughs) So, well, good. Well, again, maybe we do get back together in a year and see kind of what things look like for Yemi after, uh, you know, those first 12 months. And if he's accomplished some of the things he's wanted. It'd be fun to actually do it more frequently and call it a Yemi watch. (laughs) (laughs) Really? And, you know, every three months or so. And then we can we can opine, and Brie can be careful and measured <laughs> because she has she will need access to the mayor. Yes. <laughs> well, so maybe we should just invite him and ask him questions. Now there's a thought. <laughs> now and say, Amy, why haven't you offered me a job? <laughs> Uh, well, thank you all for being here. I do appreciate it and, uh, you know, taking the time and all your thoughts and insights and everything. And good seeing all of you. Well, of course. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having us back. You bet. Thanks, exactly. Yeah. Now that we've kind of finished the last episode of COS 23, the mayor's race, I wanted to mention kind of an upcoming project and podcast that Mark Waller and I are going to be doing together. Mark's been on COS 23 on several of the episodes. Uh, We've had a lot of fun doing this, and so we've just decided to kind of take this forward and maybe take a look at some of the ongoing issues that are important to the Pikes Peak region. So, Mark, I'm excited. This should be fun. Yeah, Kyle, you know, this has been a tremendous amount of fun, and I got to tell you, I have a lot of opinions, and they're not just related to the mayor's race. There's all sorts of political BS to talk about out there, uh, and I'm excited to take this to the next level. Good, good. Me too. I'm really looking forward to, you know, not just local issues. We've got you know, campaigns and ballot issues coming up in the future. But I'm anxious to dig into some of the stuff that's happening up at the state legislature that's impacting Colorado Springs in ways that people may not understand. So I'm really kind of hoping we, you know, we have an opportunity here to talk to local voters, educate local residents about some of these important issues and maybe point out some of the stuff that they really should be caring about. Well, and it's the behind the scenes political stuff as well. You know, for example, we just heard Lauren Boebert, a congresswoman from uh, northern Colorado, is going to be going through a divorce. And you heard it here first. uh, John Hazelhurst, Colorado Springs' very own, (laughs) wants to be the next guy that dates her. So that kind of stuff as well, right, Kyle? Yeah, we might have some stuff that uh, is maybe a little, uh, maybe one or two steps away from the actual <laughs> issues at hand. But uh, John was actually quite funny. I told him I'd be happy to Photoshop that date together for him. And for sure. So, 
and obviously there are a lot of serious issues uh, that that face the community, that face the average everyday voter. And uh, a lot of the information I think that these kind of people get is, is filtered. And I think it's going to be really refreshing and a great opportunity to put this kind of information out there in an unfiltered way. You know, we're not well, obviously we'll be putting out our opinions on this stuff, but hey, not telling anybody to believe a certain way or, or, or uh, believe what we believe. Just yeah. take our information and do with it what you want. Yeah. And again, you were in the state legislature. You've been on county commission. I'm looking forward to bringing county issues into the discussion because obviously we haven't really touched on any of that stuff yet. Um, but again, uh, you know, just a lot of the, the city issues that are going to be coming forward. Again, we've talked a lot about the water annexation issue during the mayor's podcast, but water's going to continue to be a huge issue in Colorado Springs for decades to come. And so I think there's going to be a lot to cover. Well, yeah, and it's not just the water issue, right? It's it's really the overarching issue, which is growth uh, in the state of Colorado and certainly in the city of Colorado Springs. We need to do that. We have to build more houses. But, but we have shown time and time again that we talk about affordable housing. We never, ever come up with solutions for affordable housing, whether that has to do with water, has to do with the cost of land, um, the cost to uh, engaged in construction with construction defects. Uh, but those are certainly going to be major issues that face the city of Colorado Springs moving forward. And it's going to be fun to talk about it and hopefully have a positive impact. Yeah. So hope you guys will listen. We should be out with the new podcast sometime in the early part of June and we'll go from there. But thanks again, Mark, for being on all the episodes of this and looking forward to the future. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Thank you for listening to this episode of COS 23, the Mayor's Race podcast. This program is brought to you by Avant Strategies. Special thank you to producer Ted Robertson for help putting this program together. If you're interested in partnering with COS 23, the Mayor's Race podcast, you can reach out to me at kyle at avantstrategiesllc.com.